Let's go! The 4 o'clock football frenzy. Hey, you hit me so hard down there. Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The 4 o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. Time to preview the Minnesota Vikings. Fascinating team because they had such a big drop-off a year ago. Uh, And for that reason, the Vikes were ranked all over the place by the Cofield and company crew, and we came up with the uh, average number. So they're sitting at 16. They were ranked 26 by one person. Whoa. Okay, 26. That would actually have them in the running to finish behind the Detroit Lions. Uh, Other rankings in the crew included 13 and 11. So you can see some of us, I might have been one of the rankings that was a lot higher, expect a big bounce back. Now, I will tell you, we voted on this mm, probably three, four weeks ago. And at the time... This was the bottom half of the league. This is how it turned out. Texans at 32. This is from worst up to 16. Texans, then Eagles. Jaguars, Lions. Ooh, Bengals. That's an interesting story because now we're seeing that Joe Burrow's having some mental struggles coming back from the torn ACL. Jets were 27. Maybe they deserve to drop down a little bit. Not that one player makes all the difference, but Carl Lawson going down for the season. That sucks. Panthers 26. Uh, I thought all along we had the Broncos nailed. Uh, some people were still banking on Rodgers being traded to them, but they're, they were 25. Falcons, Bears, mm, Bears, Justin Fields, if he plays, does that make a difference? Should they move up? Then Dolphins, Giants, Raiders came in at 20, although a couple of us had the Raiders as high as 18. Steelers, Saints, Cardinals, and then the Vikings. Now, remember, there was a point. So the Vikings are 16. There was a point where the Vikes going into that crazy weekend where it was rumored that Rodgers may be retiring. There was a point the Vikes actually shot up to the favorite in the NFC North, and I think the number was as high as plus 125, I guess you would say, as low as plus 125. Now, my pause on the Vikings you know, having them at like 13 or 11. Listen, folks, feel any way you want about Kirk Cousins, right, and his vaccination status. Feel any way you want about the vax in general, right? If you don't want to get vaxxed, that's fine. Uh, if my quarterback, and to this point, unless Kirk Cousins has changed his mind, If my quarterback is going into the season unvaxxed, what does that mean every week in terms of the jeopardy your team may be in, right? We just found out today, Brian Harson, remember him from Boise, the guy who, you know, oh, Mountain West Conference, we got to get Boise out of here, right? Leader of men, Brian Harson, not vaxxed, just tested positive at Auburn. So while Alabama is like 99% vaxxed, because you know what Alabama cares about? Winning. And anything that potentially gets in the way of Nick Saban freaking winning, 
that hurdle is going to be knocked down and smashed to freaking pieces. So anyway, so the Auburn coach, Brian Harson from, you know, formerly of Boise, now could be in jeopardy of missing the beginning of the season because he's tested positive. He's not vaccinated. Um, coach is a big deal. A quarterback is a much bigger deal. We will go into every weekend if Kirk Cousins isn't fully vaccinated. We'll go into every weekend worrying about Kirk Cousins and whether he's going to play or not. Right? We saw what happened a couple of times last year. I mean, the Broncos, and here's the other risk. The Broncos played a, a, or a, uh, a game where they had no quarterbacks because the entire quarterback room, you, know, you had one guy get COVID and the rest of the quarterback room, contact tracing, they were out. That is a risk unless the Vikings are really creative and keep all their quarterbacks apart from each other. That is a risk going in every weekend as long as Kirk Cousins is unvaccinated. And most important, it's not, you know, the, the room is a disaster. But the fact that Kirk Cousins may not play in some of the games, oof, not good at all. Uh, Vikings by the numbers, just so you know, they are the second choice in the division, but I do think the Bears have some upside here. Vikes right now are 3-1. to one. Bears are plus 750. Lions are 28-1. to one. I would not bet the Vikings to make the playoffs. Because I worry about Cousins, and I worry about some of the aged dudes they brought in. Is the defensive backfield really fixed? The no on make the playoffs is minus 145. And the over-under win total, while I think it's completely manageable, over-under 9, the over has a slight lean on it at minus 125. I Right now, I can't be confident in the Vikings in – Betting the over. All right, we'll continue with a little more Vikings preview. Then we're going to get to uh, Beth Moen's play-by-play on TV for the Raiders as uh, Raiders have the game coming up tomorrow night, 7 o'clock at SoFi in L.A. against the Rams. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. They know better. Everybody knows better. And again, it wasn't everybody fighting. It'll be on TV. You'll see a bunch of guys screaming and yelling. But it was two guys in a special teams period. And then it was a lot of trash talking that escalated. Uh, It's just sickening, really. It's just stupidity. But I'm done with that. It's just child's play to me. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Yeah, this fight feels kind of crazy. We'll get into that in a second here with uh, Beth Mowens uh, on the TV side for the Raiders on the game this weekend against the Rams. I'm looking at a picture right now of uh, joint practice with the Giants and the Browns, and there's been fights all over the place in these practices. I mean, this one looks ridiculous just by the still photo. Uh, Troy Hill and Sterling Shepard are going at it, and Sterling Shepard is having to act like a, a professional boxer uh, dipping and ducking, and uh, Hill's throwing a left jab, and he looks like he's loading up with a right hand. I mean, if someone's going to get freaking cracked in the head or, you know, get some damage or uh, someone's going to break a hand. I mean, this, this, that, the Troy Hill punch looks like it's, you know, if it lands, someone's or someone on one side or the other is going to get hurt. So let's bring in Beth here on this Friday. It's Cofield and company, Steve Cofield in Las Vegas. Beth, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing? I'm good. Well, you know, we were just listening to Gruden come back and he was really pissed yesterday. And I, I thought, 
hearing about the fights in the joint practice with the Rams on day one, I was like, yeah, you know what? Maybe Gruden's not that unhappy with that. You know, guys are getting to face other guys. You get a little bit fiery, uh, you know, finally going against a true enemy. But it sounded like day two uh, just really irked him and McVay. And they, I mean, it's, it's bad because they wound up ending the practice early. Yeah, you know, I, I think they were frustrated because it, it doesn't look like, you know, we're going to see a whole lot of starters play in these preseason games. There may be a, a few of the younger guys we'll get a look at, but these scrimmages are where they really get a chance, you know, to watch the ones go against the ones, you know, the, the top guys on offense for the Raiders against the top guys for the Rams. And so I think they, the coaches, and rightfully so, were frustrated that they did not, get that last go-round in because that, that's really an opportunity to get a, a look at how these guys um, have improved, where they might still need to tweak some things. Uh, they, you know, There's a chance that you're, you're talking about a few starting jobs. And then certainly at the end, you know, it, it, you're discouraged to see Richie Incognito and, and Nick Morrow um, possibly get injured in the, in the uh, scrimmage. And so you know, hopefully that doesn't end up being long-term. Let's talk about uh, Incognito and Morrow here in a second. I do want to go back and hit a couple of things from week one in the Seahawks game. I'll say, first of all, the broadcast was highly entertaining. I don't know the last time, Beth, I heard an announcer drop a line about Waldorf and Astoria. <laughs> that was dynamite. <laughs> oh, man. Those, those, those guys – have so much experience with Rich and Matt and, and so much uh, Raiders knowledge and stories to tell uh, you know, from the good old days, if you will. And things have changed so much um, that I, I just did a kick out of them comparing, you know, what uh, the, the woe is me, you know, what we had to go through as, as compared to the guys today. And and, and they, they do it with a lot of levity and, and a lot of property. And, and so I, I like to I like to have a little fun and pick at them from time to time. Yeah. Back in my day, actually, it gave us a good chance to play the Muppet. <laughs> we got a chance to play the Muppet theme. We, we pulled the bite, so I appreciate that. The Muppet theme doesn't get on Cofield and Company very often. A um, couple of individuals <laughs> to talk about. Listen, uh, Nathan Peterman, you know, I don't think you want the Raiders having Nate Peterman on the field anytime soon. That means there's been some real problems at quarterback. But I do have to say, he has progressed to the point where uh, as a third stringer, if things did go really awry, he looks like a solid option to be on a roster and man that third spot. That, that is absolutely the case. And, and, of course, there was some talk, you know, earlier in training camp that, that teams may be interested in scooping up Marcus Mariota. So that, that would potentially bump Nathan up to the backup spot. Uh, we'll, we'll see how the rest of the preseason plays out. I, I will be interested to see um, if Marcus plays – some this weekend uh they, they obviously they they did uh cut the the fourth quarterback that they had last week so i think there might be a chance that that we see some more of of uh, marcus um uh, otherwise i i was really impressed and so were the guys with um just the the way that peterman you know and uh, what uh, coach gruden talked about his accumulation of knowledge he, he's been around john now for three seasons and you really see the way he runs the huddle and, and plays with a lot more confidence. And, and I think that's something that we're also going to continue to see from a guy like Derek Carr when the regular season starts. Boy, the other good story that is developing, and you saw it on display in game number one of the preseason, the Raiders may have found something here in fifth-round pick Nate Hobbs, who 
you know, with Lost out for the first couple of games, Hobbs looks like he's uh, he's on the come pretty quickly here. He might be in the mix. I, it certainly would appear, you know, on the depth chart, he's number one in terms of, uh, you know, playing in that slot and, and being a nickelback. And it looks like uh, under Gus Bradley's new scheme, uh, they are going to spend a lot of time playing with two linebackers and, and five DBs. So uh, they really liked what uh, Hobbs was able to do through training camp. And, and I think he showed out well in that first game last weekend. Uh, I, I think. We'll see a little bit more of Nate this week and see how he continues to progress. But, yeah, that's that's a guy, you know, you're talking about um, a, a lot of high-profile names back there, but still relatively young. If, if Merrick, Abram, and Mullen all start, you know, those are guys with one or two years' experience and, and in terms of Merrick, a, a rookie. And even if Damon Arnett, you know, ends up being the backup to Casey Hayward, as it looks right now, again, another guy that's only in his second season, and, and Nate's going to be a rookie. So they need to grow up fast, and it looks like Nate and, and certainly Merrick, the way he played in the scrimmages, uh, they're ready for that. Well, growing up fast uh, may be the, the term that's used on the offensive line and also the linebacking course. So let's get to the injuries. So incognito, you know, it's been reported that uh, the you know it, he's not going to play. Uh, it doesn't sound like it's a devastating injury, but Richie could be down for a little while here, which – Again, we go right to uh, this is going to test the depth of those guard positions on this offensive line. Yeah, I mean, that that to me is, is probably the group that will be under the most intense scrutiny, uh, certainly on the offensive side, when you switch out three starters and, and you go with three other guys. And now if, if Richie um, is hobbled a bit, then I think that would be John Simpson stepping in, the second-year guy out of Clemson. So that would be a, a fourth new starter up front um i I really did like the way that uh andre james and alex leatherwood looked Uh, they're they're really high on leatherwood um and and his ability to in particular um make people move in the run game so that could be really good news for josh jacobs and i I think a guy who is um somebody to keep an eye on certainly uh maybe in your later rounds of your fantasy picks uh kenyon drake i think is going to play a pretty significant role here um, especially in the passing game. Uh, let's talk linebacker with Morrow down, um, who has a chance here to, to step up, and because they're gonna they are gonna need some some guys to provide depth throughout the season at linebacker. Well, that you know, Nick, it looked like was ready to move inside and take over at the mic. Uh, they they would still probably have Nick Kwiatkowski there, who was uh, you know the starter at the beginning of last season. And, uh, you know, they, they had Tanner Muse penciled in there. Uh, who we didn't get a chance to watch last season. So there's going to be new faces there. I think it's a huge uh, preseason for Javen White, the UNLV guy. And uh, it looks like Corey Littleton seems to enjoy Gus Bradley's system a lot more. So hopefully that's a guy that can return to form two amongst that group. What do you think about the uh, devaluing of the preseason in some ways? So we knocked a game off the ledger, and now you're seeing a lot of coaches are like, yeah, we're just not putting our big guys at risk. It sounds like the Raiders aren't dressing about 25 players. So what do you think about the, the changing attitude towards these preseason games from the coaches? You know, I, I think it's something where they are taking a lot more of it behind closed doors. And so, you know, the, the, uh, the Rams-Raiders scrimmage, I think a lot more teams we're seeing around – um, the league go to those where it's a you know there's a little more privacy and they can actually 
work on some things and run some things that they, they want to utilize in the regular season. It, it's a bummer, right, for, for fans. We'd love to see, you know, all the starters play. But, you know, in this day and age, you just cannot afford to get somebody, you know, hurt in the preseason. We've already heard a couple of big names around the league, and that, I think, um, really uh, makes coaches think twice about using guys too much. Well, this is a, this is a fascinating preseason because you got a couple of guys who are on the griddle. Uh, in Cleve Furl, uh, you know, a former top five pick, and, and Jonathan Abram, a, uh, you know, former what, top 25 pick, both first-round picks, they actually are getting time in the preseason. And there's good reason here. There's a lot of competition. And I, I love that the Raiders have sent the message like, hey, we know we drafted you guys high, but we got to get a lot more out of you. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think those two are, are guys that, you know, all of Raider Nation are keeping an eye on and, and have high expectations it sounds like Damon Arnett, who would be the third guy probably on that list, has really benefited from having Casey Hayward around. Uh, he seems to be refocused. Uh, and I think along with Abram and Furl, the competition that you referenced has really uh, you know, lit the fire in the offseason. They've uh, done all that they can to, to continue to get better. The additions on that front line could be huge with the, the uh, free agents and the veterans. You're talking about Ngakwe and Jefferson and Thomas. And just having a guy like Gerald McCoy around, I, I think, could be huge for a player like Clee Furl to sort of tap into all that McCoy has done over the years. Uh, and, you know, you, I think for, for Raider Nation, they would love to see Clee and, and Abram just really bust out this year. Real good position battle to watch are the uh, running backs, Regis and, and Emmons. And, of course, uh, Jalen Richard right now is you know has not been ready to go. And, those guys looked really good last week. Now, part of making the roster as a running back is, you know, you, you probably have to have the or the ability to play special teams. But more more importantly than that, as a running back, it's not all about running, right, Beth? I mean, they got it. There's a lot of other things running backs have to do. First and foremost, make sure that Derek Carr isn't getting his head ripped off. Yeah, yeah. You you've got to uh, be able to take care of the pass protection. You've got to be a threat, not only running it, but I think sneaking out of the backfield from time to time to make catches. That's really you know what Jalen Richard has done over the years and and kept him in the league uh his injury I think is the big question mark and as to whether or not uh, they can hang on to him or do you go with a Regis or an Emmons you know I think Trey Vegas in particular looked uh, pretty strong the other day so we'll see how that continues to play out they they released both Scarborough so uh, I, I would think John Gruden and, and Greg Olson really liked what those two youngsters did, and I think they're going to have every opportunity to make this roster. TV play-by-play voice of the Raiders, Beth Moens, is with us. Last couple questions for uh, Beth here on Cofield and Company. Have you been down to Have you been down to SoFi? Have you been inside SoFi? I have not been inside SoFi. We we were out uh, watching the scrimmages this week, uh, but I'm I'm really looking forward. You know, after having been in Allegiant last week to see SoFi, it's going to be uh, you know the host for the Super Bowl. At the end of the season, I've heard amazing things about it. So I'm I'm excited to get in there and and see what the Raiders can do. Yeah, it looks spectacular. And I mean, this the storyline. It's a preseason game, but my gosh, this should be a preview to what the Chargers games are going to be like. We know, like we're lucky in in Vegas that we got the Raiders because I really believe they're home. They were destined for Los Angeles. A lot of things change around the NFL. I would expect that crowd tomorrow, Beth, to be filled with. Thousands and thousands of Raiders fans. Oh, there's no doubt. You know, I, I um, 
live in uh, San Diego, and that was the case for years when the Raiders were playing the Chargers. The Raiders came in and took over Qualcomm. So I would anticipate uh, more of the same at, at SoFi. And I, I think it's just going to be great, great you know, we, even for the games in Allegiant. You, you've obviously got fans now in town, but they're going to be coming in from the Bay Area and from L.A. and from San Diego and Phoenix. It's such a national brand, and Raider fans travel so well. Uh, it, it's going to be, I, I think, a lot of silver and black in there on Saturday night. Beth, that was awesome. Thank you so much. We'll be watching tomorrow. Thank you. There you go. Beth Mowens on the call. She's the uh, TV play-by-play voice of the Raiders in the uh, preseason. So uh, check out the game tomorrow night, 7 o'clock start with the Rams for spot today. Brought to you by our friends at Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Uh, you may not need an attorney today or even tomorrow, but, you know, you got to save the name because uh, all of a sudden it pops up, you get into an accident, you're going to need to call someone. Uh, our guys are at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, Justin Watkins and Matt Hoffman. And, you know, there's a reason that Justin has been part of the Cofield and Company crew now for nine-plus years. We don't just let any jabroni tie their name to the show. We really trust these guys. Uh, Justin Watkins, Matt Hoffman, and the rest of the team at Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Uh, my important legal issues, uh, I go to these guys. You should do the same. Uh, they care about getting you the best compensation for your injury. So if you're having trouble with your current attorney, case not moving forward, call him now. Call Justin Watkins for all your legal needs and the folks at Battleborn Injury Lawyers. It's 570-9000, 570-9000. On the way back, guess what? We have a big event going down the next couple of nights. Big events, right? Uh, well, actually, big event going down tomorrow. We got SummerSlam in town. The wrestling is here. You got all the megastars. John Cena is back. So when we talk wrestling, like I like wrestling, but this guy really likes wrestling. Our buddy, part of the company, Ryan McKinnell, is back in as he'll give us an extensive preview of SummerSlam. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. SummerSlam is here in Vegas. It's a big event. Cena, Reigns, Ryan McKinnell, wrestling expert, great sports talk host, MMA expert, fight sport expert. He's on Fight Nation on Sirius XM. Uh, last thing on that main event, uh, it's interesting. If I'm correct, Roman Reigns has been kind of a good guy most of his career, and people got a little annoyed with that, and maybe he wasn't completely polished in terms of the microphone stuff. Have they now flipped him to kind of a heel? Yeah, he's actually working with uh, Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman, the ECW creator and founder, famed, uh, you know, one of the greatest managers of all time, one of the greatest Mike men of all time. Uh, he's teamed up, Roman Reigns has teamed up with Paul Heyman, and he is now what we call in pro wrestling a heel. He's a bad guy. And, Steve, what's so interesting <laughs> about that is that for, like I said, over half a decade, the WWE was grooming Reigns to be the next Cena. And the thing that's you know, kind of ironic about this is people were begging and begging and begging for years, Steve, for Vince McMahon and the WWE to make John Cena a heel. Give us something different. Tell a different story. Let him be a bad guy. Steve, you saw how great he was in the Suicide Squad. Yeah. I know, spoiler alert, as a bad guy, the <laughs> guy can clearly vicious. tell a story, right? Yep. Yeah, he was a right? mean, he was a mean, cutthroat, vicious dude in that movie. 
Right. And and for whatever reason, merchandise sales, you know, audience, I whatever the reason was that Vince McMahon didn't want to make him a bad guy, it never happened. Now, the same thing fans are asking for with Roman Reigns. Hey, it's been six years. Give us a different story. This guy can clearly do it. He's got the look. He's He's got this brooding sort of stare. We can believe him as a heel. Well, the WWE pulled the trigger with Reigns, and thank God they did because, Steve, I, I don't need to run down the history here of Roman Reigns, but he was getting booed out of a lot of buildings yeah. as a babyface because people did not want to have that story shoved down their throats. So they made the pivot, and I'll tell you what, man, I know you haven't been following it that closely, but the story that Cena and Reigns have been telling for the last few weeks and the promo work and the and the mic work that they've been cutting back and forth between one another has been some of the best. Best WWE programming of the last decade. So thank God Vince pulled the trigger on turning Roman heel because it's it's definitely added an entirely different wrinkle to the character and to the story and and the main event for the WWE. So something else interesting on Cena, he's back. He's got this lucrative career where I'm sure he's making tons of money in Hollywood doing movies. He and a couple other guys continue to come back to Vince. So is Vince McMahon now paying giganto money? to get Cena back or is there some sort of loyalty where guys are like, you know what, Vince, you treated me mostly. Okay. I'll come back and help you out. <laughs> I knew you were going to laugh at that. So it's all, so it's, so it's all money. So it's all money. What'd you say? So it's all money. Is it just all money? No, I don't think it's all money. I think it's the majority money. But I do think there is an issue of loyalty, right? Dwayne The Rock Johnson is not Dwayne The Rock Johnson without Vince McMahon. John Cena is not John Cena without Vince McMahon. Do they need Vince McMahon now? No, they don't. But I and are they are they over the moon about going in there and taking bumps and wrecking their back and and God knows what it feels like to be a pro wrestler. I have the utmost respect for it. Um, it's it's a brutal, brutal b- business, right? Scripted or not, it just it takes a toll on the body. But, Steve, I, I don't know the figures. I'm not privy to the actual information. But I promise you, I promise you, Vince McMahon is making it well worth John Cena's time to come back in the midst of a summer where he's got the Suicide Squad and Fast and the Furious and doing all these different things, right? I think he's hosting a game show, too. In the midst of doing all these things to come back and to still do a main event at SummerSlam. And, hey, this might continue on past SummerSlam. I don't know the deal that Cena has in place. But I do know he's getting a ton of money because that's what these guys do. They go off, they, you know, whether it be The Rock, whether it be Hulk Hogan back in the 90s, whether it be, you know, John Cena right now. You know, these these mega stars, yes, they can make their name outside of pro wrestling. They can make a nice chunk of change outside of pro wrestling. But in their heart, at their core, they will always be pro wrestlers. And on some level, Vince will always have a piece of that heart. Well, you mentioned guys coming back. Fans fired up about Goldberg. He's 54 years old, and he's facing a 40-something in Bobby Lashley. And I think Bobby Lashley's still in his prime, and he looks just massive now. Uh, are fans cool with Goldberg coming back? Uh, that's a little bit different. That's a little bit different. Um Goldberg really is that part-timer where, you know, he you don't know exactly why he's doing it. He says he's doing it so his kid can watch him wrestle and his so his kid can watch him be a superhero. I, I don't know. I, Goldberg got brought in for that weird Saudi Arabia deal as well um, with Vince had a, had a deal with the – 
with the country of Saudi Arabia and they were putting shows on over there. And I guess the Saudis really wanted Goldberg. So they made this Goldberg and Undertaker match. Goldberg uh, fairly unfairly has, has been labeled, right? And he's been labeled as a, I don't want to say like a disinterested party or not like a true pro wrestler, but I do think there's a section of fans when they look at Bill Goldberg that he's truly here just for a paycheck, that he's not here for the love of pro wrestling, that he's not an actual pro wrestler. He doesn't appreciate the history and the art, despite being a big part of the history and the art. Goldberg has always just put off a disinterested vibe. And the thing is, Steve, he's not a heel, right? Like he's supposed to be a baby face, but for whatever reason, um, I I think it's a much different story. Like if you were to compare a Goldberg and a Cena two very clear part-timers uh, and in two, two wrestlers who at different points, Steve, the crowd has been against like Cena for the last decade or so. Like people were wearing thin on him. Well, absence makes a heart grow fonder. <laughs> now that Cena's back, the crowd seems to have taken to him a little bit. Goldberg. I still feel like there's a, there's a, there's a bit of indifference. I'm sure people will be excited to see him on some level on Saturday because he's a legend. As you mentioned, he's 54. You go back to the old WCW days, but he's not a pro wrestler's pro wrestler, Steve. And, and I, I am interested to hear what type of reception he's going to get from Vegas. I wouldn't be surprised if we heard some booze in there. McKinnell's time is tight today. Last one. Are you team Andy Dalton or team Justin Fields? <laughs> or your Bears? Are you serious? Right, right now, serious? right now, beginning of the season, who do you want to start? Justin Fields, and I wanted Justin <laughs> Fields to start before last Saturday. You know, all due respect to Andy Dalton. Now, Andy Dalton has had a fine career, but I want to know what we have. We in yeah. Chicago. I'm a huge Chicago Bears fan, huge White Sox fan, Blackhawks, Irish, everything. Right, Midwest to my core. Uh, I want to see. What this young man has, we saw a glimmer of it, obviously, in the preseason going 16 to 20. But it's not even so much, right, whether it works out or whether it doesn't with Justin Fields. Like, obviously, as a Bears fan, I want Justin Fields to be the greatest quarterback ever. I want him to be better than Patrick Mahomes. I want him to be to be better than Tom Brady. I want him to be the the best quarterback that's ever walked god's green earth right but the important thing for me was just that the bears took justin fields just when they moved up in the draft and they didn't take mac jones just that they signaled that hey we're here for the changing of the guard we're here for a different nfl so often steve you know this the bears have inexplicably relied on these pocket pack passing qbs drafted running backs drafted rex grossman drafted just just seemingly like held on to this aura that hey it's Chicago and it's cold weather and it's running. Well, that's not the NFL these days. The the NFL these days, as we've seen, are about stars, star power, game changers. And you know what? I don't know if Justin Fields is going to be a game changer, Steve, but I can't wait to find out. And I'm done waiting. I'm done waiting on the Chicago Bears. I'm done waiting on these back and forth. I want to see everything Justin Fields has got. And if it takes a learning curve, if he gets beat up a little bit in the first year, okay, protect him. Don't don't feed him to the wolves. Like if the you know the Bears are absolutely getting trounced, I, I understand. Like don't make a sacrificial lamb out of them. But I also have no issue watching him take a few L's to build towards the future. Cause Steve, he sure looks like he's got a lot of the intangibles. It seems like he's got the, you know, the, the acumen mentally, obviously in terms of, you know, being a threat, a dual threat quarterback, he's got that. There's a lot of excitement in Chicago. We'll just see if it sticks around, Steve. 
SummerSlam this weekend in Vegas. I assume your channel's doing pre and post. Uh, no pre and post, but I will be oh, live okay. on uh, Busted Open tomorrow morning. So that counts as pre, right? Yeah. Six o'clock in the morning to nine o'clock Pacific. Fight Nation Channel 156. I will be on with the innovator of violence himself, ECW legend, Tommy Dreamer. Big Mac, great job. We'll talk to you. Thanks, Steve. Ryan McKinnell, always part of the company. You can hear him on Sirius XM Channel 156. Big Five is on the way. We'll get into this developing story with the Raiders' financial issues going back about 15 or 20 years. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota.